Welcome to the GRV News Podcast. Always Prime is approaching his 150th race start and are now joined on the line by trainer Jeff Gorgioski. Jeff, a very good afternoon to you. Jeff, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Well, this is very exciting looking ahead to start number 150 with Always Prime. Fabulous greyhound. At the time of recording, he has competed in 148 race starts, 24 victories, 29 second placings and 23rd placings. Jeff, that's almost in the money uh, 50% of the time that he steps out. Yeah, he's been a fantastic uh, greyhound for myself and my wife. Uh, he's, yeah, he's a very good, honest chaser. And uh, yeah, every time he goes out there, you know, he's going to be doing his best. So, yeah, he's been great. He's been great. Well, let's go back to the start for him, shall we? He was walked back in February of 2018. I think that would make him a Pisces, so no, no doubt he's a sensitive type. <laughs> Side by SH Avatar, out of power to escape. Uh, he's got a PB at heels, where I've seen him race an awful lot over the 350. 19.67, set back in September 2020 from Box 7. He's got a PB over the 300 at the Ville in a ripping time of 16.67 from Box 5, set back in October of uh, 2021. Now, he first raced, his first two starts were for restaurateur David Chu. How do you know David? Yeah, I met David um, when we bought. I bought two pups um, from the same litter. Um, beers on Brody, and um, I had Cal's girl, um, and we bought them at three months old. And the owner Jordan Bovett actually um, organised a night at Sandown, and um, we all had dinner together um, when you know the pups were only about four or five months old at the time. But we got to know each other. Um, back then and then we've sort of had a relationship since, yeah. Well, if we touch on Always Prime's very first start for David, 23rd of February 2020, which really was when the coronavirus pandemic was erupting all over the world, he was drawn the red from his first start over the 300 metres at Hillsville. He was well back that day and then a week later, back at Hillsville, he was last from Box 5, but he was blocked very early for a run. And if you have a look at that replay, you can see him as he steps out of the boxes. He's met with dogs sort of crashing in front of him. You can see the intelligence of the animal just viewing what was transpiring ahead of him. And he was trying to keep out of trouble. And although he was well back, he had the good sense early on in his career to, to stay out of trouble. Now, you've then managed to get hold of him about a month later and take him to Cranbourne over the 3.11, and wow, what a night that was. Can you talk us through his first win? Yeah, I was absolutely stoked with his first win. Um, after I got the dog from David, um, yeah, look, one thing I always do is um, get, uh, get the dogs checked and make sure, you know, physically um, that they're all, all good. And I had a muscle man go over him. He had a couple of small niggly uh, injuries there that we had to work through. And um, once we got that right, um, I gave him one trial at Cranbourne and he went around the 18 dead mark, which is what I expected him to do um, at his sort of first race start. And he went even better than that. I think he went 1780 odd or something. He jumped straight to the front and just uh, kept it going. So I was, I was thrilled. Um, yeah, with, with his run, 
and um, yeah, so was David. Um, yeah, because uh, yeah, he he originally bought the dogs not so much to train himself, um, but to be able to have a bit of fun watching them and uh, uh, watching them race. But um, yeah, the dailies reared the dogs for him and they pre-trained them and broke the dog in, but they just weren't quite up to their standards. So they said to David, look, you're going to have to find somebody else. They're not going to be, he's not going to be a city class dog, um, which is basically what they were interested in. And um, yeah, so yeah, David asked, asked me and um, yeah, he's, he's been fantastic ever since. Like, I don't have a problem. Um, with racing dogs, whether it's at tier three level, I'm not, you know, particularly fast where I'm going to send down over 500 or 300 or 400. It's more about just assessing what the dog's best, of, you know, uh, assets are, and then I take it from there and try and race them appropriately. Well. Jeff, I think a lot of punters are fully aware of your capacity to place animals so well. But, but we should also mention, um, full credit to David for, for having a go training as well, because David's a very busy man. He's got the restaurants, and he's not a young man either, is he? No, 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 no. He's, he's in his late 70s. Um, he enjoys the greyhounds very much, but um, he's just not at an age where um, it's more the driving, he said. He goes... Um, late at night, um, he said driving to places like Warrigal, he's got to go to Ballarat or Sale or somewhere, he said it's just too much for him. Um, he did have a, like I said, he did have a crack with the, with the two dogs, um, but he said he doesn't mind, you know, the, the, like during the day taking them out, trialling them and that, like with the pre-training side of it, he said that was fine, but um, yeah, it was more going to the racetracks and um, driving for several hours and then you might be there for a few more hours. It just seemed to take a fair bit out of him. And he's a busy man and he's a businessman at the end of the day. Um, yeah, with his restaurants, this is uh, something that he does for a bit of fun and a bit of entertainment. Um, and yeah, he's more about watching them rather than training them himself, yeah. Well, I'm sure that David would be very pleased with the success that you've uh, been able to build with, with of course, uh, Always Prime and the like. Now, not long after the first victory at Cranbourne, you then took Always Primed uh, back to Hillsley, stepped out on the hills Australia in the course. He met Making Gravy, the Waterloo Cup winner, and he, he uh, finished a pretty credible second to him meeting Making Gravy first up, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, the, the dog, yeah, he's got a fair bit of speed, and that's what I found was his best asset, you know. He was quite a reliable sort of box dog, and um, at the time we had Cranbourne and we had the straighted hills of over 300 metres, and I thought there's no point pushing this dog um, into distances that he wasn't comfortable with, but as long as we sort of kept him over the shore, he was always going to keep his best foot forward, you know, and um, which is what, what he's done his whole career. Um, since Cranbourne shut down, um, he's been predominantly more at Hillsville, um, because there aren't too many short course tracks in Victoria. But, um, yeah, it's all about just assessing each dog and working out what their best asset is and then try and race them over an appropriate distance that's, uh, that suits their best assets, yeah. Jeff, if we go back to November, only a month ago, um, 
On the 11th of November, Always Primed jumped out of box one. And I'm pretty certain that he was favoured that day as well. James Vandermatt was broadcasting that afternoon and James made the comment as uh, your boy was being led into the boxes about how you have a small team, but how you keep your greyhounds racing so well for so long. And punters, astute punters are very aware of that. And obviously, case in point, is always primed. What do you believe is your key to success as a greyhound trainer or perhaps what do you think is your point of difference when you're preparing your animals to race? Oh, look, I think, you know, one, there's a set of boxes that I tick before every dog goes to the racetrack. And uh, that is, I have, I, I have a muscle man that goes over all my greyhounds um, and make sure that after each run that they're, they're sound. Sometimes their necks go out, sometimes their backs are out, sometimes they have sore spots. So you need to work on those particular areas. Um, a dog that's sore or isn't, it's just like yourself, you know. Um, I, I treat them like athletes. Um, at the end of the day, no one's going to perform at their best if something's not quite right. Um, they're either on a good diet. I get blood tests done on them to make sure that um, internally they're all feeling good. Sometimes they can get little viruses or whatever and it shows in their performance. But um, if you tick all the boxes and you assess the dog's ability um, and you place them correctly, I think you can have a lot of success um, in greyhound racing as a, as a trainer. And um, the dogs are feeling good. Well, they're going to be going good on the track. And I think, I think that's what it comes down to at the end. All right, as we look ahead to towards start number 150, what, when do you think Always Prime will uh, perhaps hang it up? What do you think his future holds? Well, yeah, that's already in the plan. I mean, what I was hoping for was he can actually get two more wins because I've got a dog on the couch at the moment, Bugs Baloney, um, who had 25 wins. Um, so I was hoping uh, that Always Prime could actually get to 26 and uh, break Bugsy's, Bugsy's record. Uh, he's on 24 wins at the moment, but um, um, he, I've got um, I've got him booked in to get the sixth on the 23rd of January. Yep. Um, so he'll have his 150th start, and most probably will be his last start as well. Um, and then it'll be time to, to hit the couch. <laughs>